<laughs> we got a theory. You see, Mike, we got a theory about magic and miracles. That's right. That's right. If magic is all we've ever known, then it's easy to miss what really goes on. But I've seen Welcome to episode six of Orange and Blue Envelopes. This is a very special edition of the podcast. I have my Fago on ice, my face paint on, and I want to send a big whoop whoop out there to all of you who may or may not be down with the clown. Uh, I am joined by the uh, returning for a second time Nerds Day comic, a fellow user on the subreddit. Nerds Day, how are you doing, buddy? Good, bud. How's it going? How's the Fago? It is nice and cold. I've got a few juggalettes over here just serving serving it to me by the glass. Tried to get it on tap, but uh, my apartment was not... They would not allow that, so uh, we're having to settle, having to settle for the two liter. But you know how it is. Real quick, nerd stay. I just want to ask you: Are you down with the clown? Uh, I am. Real answer: I am down with the clown in concept. Okay. I uh, I don't think I could ever get myself to pull the trigger on uh, joining, but it is a secret dream of mine to go to the gathering of the Juggalos. At least once for observational purposes. Is that held? Do you know? Is that held in one the same site every year, or is that kind of a traveling? I have no idea. But because I would like I, to go also. I knew that it used to be, but then I think like that whole stuff where they were, um, you know, labeled as a gang or whatever, like kind of forced them to uh, move on. So I, I don't. I don't know. Maybe. Next week we'll have an answer. Hopefully, uh, maybe yeah. we can set up a GoFundMe page. Uh, to perhaps do a live episode uh, uh, from the gathering. Gonna, yeah, we'll get the kid from the uh, the now infamous post from a couple weeks ago and take him up there. I would be honored to be in his company. But if you can't tell by now, um, the theme of this episode is miracle or easily explained. And Nerds Day and I have some questions that we are going to try to answer with either miracle Is it a miracle, or can it be easily explained? Uh, And as we all know, magnets are the primary miracle that Insane Clown Posse is. uh, I don't know if they found how they work yet. I know they were working on it. But the first thing that I want to ask you, Nerds Day, this coming season, the Gators getting nine wins, would you classify that as a miracle or easily explained? Uh, you know, I just looked at the schedule, and there are nine wins to be had, I feel like, just looking through it. And, you know, if you want, we can go game by game here. Yeah, let's do and, a quick game yeah, by game breakdown. Just real fast. Um, Charleston Southern, right off the bat. That should be a gimme. I know probably Gator fans out there who remember a couple years ago are probably uh, shaking their heads and calling any game like that a gimme having lost some but charleston southern that should be a win right chalk it up if if we lose to charleston southern i will legit give myself juggalo face paint and wear it into my work because life at that point is pretty much over yeah you know what i'm i'll be right there with you on that one just (laughs) do it up uh kentucky we get our annual guaranteed win there knock on wood i just jinxed us is Stoops um, now, is he the longest tenured 
uh, in our division other than Saban. He's got to be, right? I think so. I mean, I I don't do my homework for this, so I don't have any idea, but it sounds uh, right. I think he's got to be. I know, um, like, every year, his contract is, like, every year if they get seven wins, he automatically gets a year added on or something like that. It's seven or eight wins. Consistently making bowl games for Kentucky is a big deal. I, and, honestly, his, the way they've gone historically, I, I, that's kind of a feat among uh, of itself. Yeah, I agree. So he's been at Kentucky for five years now. Okay. So it sounds like, like you say, at least in the in the Eastern Division. Um, yeah, Saban Saban's got it for the whole conference, no doubt. But in the East, he's got to be. Okay. I can't think of anybody else that would uh, even challenge him there on that one. I can't either. And so we second game of the year, Kentucky, and then we Kentucky. move on to uh, old Jimmy Max, old stomping ground. Colorado yeah. State comes to Gainesville, yeah, which Colorado, I think Colorado State gets their check game, and McElwain's not even here to see it. I, so, I, but that that one also has to be a. I mean, surely I know Mike Bobo yeah, is doing okay up there, but surely that's a win. Yeah, you should be able to chalk that up as a win. I mean, that it's schools like Charleston Southern and Colorado State just. We should beat them on talent alone is the thing. You know, if, if, right. as long as they can go out there and execute to even a normal degree, it's, you know, you hate to say it and sound cocky, but it's just those are check games for those schools, and they just don't recruit the same level of athlete that Florida should. Right. Then moving on, we got Tennessee. Um, honestly, I think Tennessee is in worse shape from a roster standpoint than we are. Um they absolutely floundered through last season, um, and now they're in a rebuild just like we are. But I think we got a little bit more in the cupboard than they do, and I, I would chalk up that, that up as a win as well. Let me give you real quick before we move on kind of a sidebar question since we have Colorado-Tennessee uh, already talking about them. Jim McElwain, we discussed it last week, was hired recently by Michigan as the wide receivers coach, uh, or I right. think he's going to be coaching wide receivers. It's still a little unclear. Who do you think gets a power five, another power five job first, Butch Jones or Jim McElwain? Ooh. Uh, has Butch ended up anywhere yet? Not that I have seen. Hmm. And, you know, as far as pure coaching – I think I give the edge to Mac, but Butch was not a bad recruiter. I think he is, uh, to me, as far as the living room goes, I would give the edge to Butch. Now, I don't have the ranking, the class rankings in front of me, but I know that uh, just from my outsider's uh, viewpoint, Tennessee seemed to be doing okay in recruiting under Butch. Yeah, I think they were. Um, You know, given that McElwain is at a job right now in the Power Five, uh, I think I got to give it to him just because of that. Okay. You know, he could easily sit at Michigan for a while, do the whole wide receivers coach thing, um, work his way up, stay there long enough, you know, fall into a coordinator position and sneak in somewhere at a smaller school within the Power Five, you know. Do like you that. think Mac wants another Power Five job? I mean, 
neither one of us know him unless you went to church with him or something. <laughs> but do you think he wants, I remember reading an article of when he coached in the whatever league in Montana and how he said, you know, he was happy as a clam up there. If he had never taken a step forward and advanced his career, he, he was happy. I, I think he does. I think all coaches have that, you know, little voice inside of them telling them that they got to prove themselves and, go out there and get something like that. Like, same reason people still keep going to the NFL, even though they might not necessarily be most suited for it and have a good gig where they're at. I think the upper echelon coaches, Saban, Meyer, um, definitely have that. You know, they always want to achieve the next step. I don't I don't know if Mac is that guy. Uh, I don't know. Just, just a question. But so, so yeah, far you, we're saying Charleston. You can totally talked me into that. Uh, I believe it. I think it's a valid argument about Mac. Just, you know, again, we don't know him just based on what we have seen and the way he talks and acts and stuff. I I could see him just being cool, chilling somewhere as a coordinator or getting a little, you know, some smaller school like in whatever Montana league he was in before. I just feel like surely he had to have had better offers than an offensive assistant, not even a coordinator at Michigan. I, I feel like surely. You think so? I, see, I think the whole like death threat thing and the way kind of stuff went down and kind of got a little ugly that I think some schools were kind of turned off by that, potentially. I can see that. I just feel like if if FAU hires Lane Kiffin, why wouldn't Oregon State or, I don't know, wherever, you know, hire Mac? But right. you may be right. I don't know. Uh, so, so far we're sitting at 3-0 and through mid-September with wins over Charleston, Southern Kentucky, and Colorado State. Uh, that gives us Tennessee on September 22nd. And you said you think uh, a win in that game too, right? I, I think so. I think that's pretty reasonable. I mean, I think if you look at just, again, just straight roster up and up, um, we beat them last year. And I mean, it wasn't it wasn't uh, a pretty game to watch. I mean, you know, we had to have the deep ball there at the end, but we didn't get worse from a uh, talent standpoint, I don't think. And I think we've gotten a pretty big uh, upgrade in coaching. Yeah, for that. I agree on that for sure. Uh, it, I think it remains to be seen how. You know, Pruitt and uh, Mullen will kind of fare against each other here down the line. I'll take Mullen with what I think is a better roster um, against a first-time head coach at Tennessee. I agree with you so far. I see us sitting at 4-0 and going into Starkville, the game that we discussed a little bit last week. And this game gives me the jimmies. Uh, I, don't, I don't feel... T- too good and I don't know much about Mississippi State's roster but just with the context surrounding the game um, mm-hmm. I see this as being a, a very very maybe the first real challenge that Mullen and his players face um, what do you think about this game? I, I agree with you um, I think it's a game again that we should win maybe for similar reasons to why I think we should beat Tennessee um, but it it is going to be such an emotional game um, on both sidelines for a thousand different reasons. And those fans are going to be fired up. It is going to be loud. The cowbells are going to be rocking. 
I can only imagine the fervor that the cowbells will be rung with. It just, it's, you know, and uh, I'm actually going to, me and my dad are going to be going to this game. I'm so stoked just to be there and witness it. It's going to be insane. It, it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. And it could go any way, but, you know, if you're going to, we're sitting here trying to figure out how many wins we got in the bag going through this schedule and, uh, Maybe I'm a little bit being a little bit of a homer, but I think I'm going to chalk this one up as a W as well. Okay. Uh, after that, we come back home and face Red Beans and Rice himself, Ed Ogeron, and LSU. I was incredibly disappointed that we lost this game the past season. Um, yeah. Again, I know LSU has had have both coordinators. I know one coordinator took another job. Uh, I want to say that both coordinators have left. I think Ed Ogeron is a, a terrible head coach. Again, I was shocked that we lost to him this year. How do you feel about the LSU game for this coming year with Dan Mullen at the helm? Um, you know, when I was looking at the schedule as we were just, like, going in, you know, whether or not we get to nine wins, this is one of the games that I skipped over. Anyone that I thought, you know, that I wasn't confident totally chalking it up as a as a win um i just skipped and this is this is one of the ones i skipped and that game was so close last season and it got so sloppy in the end and i don't know if that was frank's just being you know deer in the headlights and having some stuff get away from there or it was coaching stuff i mean we had a chance to go down and kick a field goal to tie or win if i remember correctly and we kind of just meandered around and did nothing for like two minutes yeah and i i think i think if i'm correct this did come down basically to eddie missing i want to say it was an extra point yeah yeah um but still so you this is a toss-up for you i i think so it's lsu um you know it's our second home game in a row because of the hurricane thing. I think this is going to be another one of those games where, and it, maybe we put Mississippi state as a toss up too, just from like an emotional standpoint. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't see us going two and O in those games. I think going to Knoxville, then going to Starkville, returning home for LSU. I don't see us beating Mississippi state and LSU. I'm saying that uh, one of those is going to be a loss. Okay. Yeah, no, that I that sounds reasonable to me and I, I I think that's kinda like really the only reasonable way to look at it if you want to be totally impartial here and not have our orange and blue glasses on. Right. So we'll take a take an L on one of those two. Uh the next week go to Nashville and face Derek Mason's uh Commodores. I think this has to be a, a win. I mean, there's no – if this is a loss, then we – it's a failed season almost to me. I mean, unless we go 11-1, and 14-1, or 13-1, whatever. Right. Um, yeah, I – this is a win, I think. It's – again, it's just – Vanderbilt's in the, still in the SEC, but we still should just have the athletes to go out there and beat them, and that's kind of what we've relied on the uh, – last couple of years is just being a little bit better than them athletic standpoint on the field. 
Yeah, and if Jim McElwain can beat Vanderbilt, there's no excuse for Dan Mullen uh, to lose to Vanderbilt. The next week is a bye week, and then we go to Jacksonville to face Kirby Smart's big red machine. If I'm being completely realistic, uh, I don't see us winning this game. And uh, if I'm being totally honest, I don't see us winning this game for the next few years uh, as oiled as Kirby has his machine. Uh, what do you think about the Georgia game? Yeah. Um, I was going to put an L here too. Um, it's just, again, I know it's coming up a lot here while we're talking about this, just from like an athletic standpoint, he's out. He destroyed Mac on the recruiting trail. And like you said, they're a well-oiled machine at this point. I'd like to believe what's going to be our saving grace come down the line is Mullen being a better coach, but that still remains to be seen. Yeah, I'd like to hope so. I am scared to death with uh, with the recruiting that's going on at Georgia, and me being me hating Georgia. I I want to hope that you know there's some money being exchanged and some dirty stuff is going to come out. But uh, yeah. I don't know. Kirby may just be the real deal. So we leave Jacksonville, go back to Gainesville for uh, Missouri. I don't know much about Missouri other than they kicked the the stuff out of us this year, lost their offensive coordinator to UCF. Don't know much about their roster, but I feel like this has to be, uh, I'm saying this is a win. I I think it has to be. You know, I'm going to keep beating my dead horse over here and say we, we should just, we should have the athletes to beat Missouri every year. They recruit fine. They're not, you know, they're not going into anybody's house and, uh, straight up stealing anybody from the big boys, and we should just we should we should just be better athletically than them again. Um, and at home, coming off of what what's a pretty rough stretch through the end of September October. Um, okay, um, I believe that was Lochte Hernandez's music, and he has joined us here at WWF Raw as we're discussing. Lochte, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, Nerds Day is here with us. We are going through right now the uh, the schedule for the upcoming football season, trying to determine if nine wins is a miracle or easily explained. And we're currently on the Missouri game. Uh, we both have kind of the run between Mississippi State and LSU as a toss-up. Georgia, I think we, if we're being honest, we agree, is probably a loss. We're saying that Missouri should be a win, that brings us to South Carolina on November 10th, which is a home game. What do you guys think about South Carolina? Um, Nerds Day, you can go ahead and get started while I catch up. Okay. Uh, I, I think it, it's another game that we should win. I, I really do. Um, it's it's going to be a tough game for sure. I, I think it can be easily uh, reasoned that that should be a W. Yeah, I agree. That was another one this year. Maybe it was unrealistic, but I was disappointed uh, that it was a loss this year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I haven't seen much of South Carolina's incoming recruiting class. I glanced right. at it, and it looked like Muschamp is having – he's doing the same thing he did while he was with us. It's uh, loaded on the defensive end, but the offensive recruiting end uh, is a little lean. I'm hoping – that this is a win, though. Uh, that takes us to Idaho, which, again, if we lose that one, I will wear Juggalo face paint uh, 
into work. That takes us to Florida State in Tallahassee, and my thoughts on that, I know that they are kind of in a similar situation with a new coach, but until we beat Florida State, I'm very negative on it until I see us get a win from them. You know, I'm probably being a little bit too much of a homer on this, but I kind of see it the same way as Tennessee with the uh, Pruitt situation. Um, If this was at home in Gainesville, I'd feel a lot better about it. So I, I think we don't go into Tallahassee in our first year of a rebuild with a new coach and win necessarily, but I think it's going to be a close game. And I think down the stretch, I know we'll probably talk about this later, but down the stretch, I think, um, I think Mullen's going to prove to be a better fit than Taggart. Yeah. And from everything, from everything I've heard, we could have had Taggart if we had wanted him but we wanted Mullen instead. And that's everything I've heard, I've heard from different podcasts and Gator sites, um, which sounds plausible to me. Lochte, I think I cut you off there. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and chime in on this one. Um, I, I'm going to predict this to be a loss. Um, I think a lot of people forget that FSU is going to have DeAndre Francois coming back next year. And I really think we missed the boat on our chance to beat FSU. I, I really see the, the losing streak continuing. I just want to say real quick that every away game, other than the Florida State game, is in a city that ends in Ville. Knoxville, Starkville, Nashville, and Jacksonville. And I don't want to get to info wars here. I don't want to say too much, but I think if you connect the dots, chemtrails. <laughs> Okay, so I'm saying a loss between Mississippi State and LSU. That's one. A loss definitely to Georgia. A loss to Florida State. Uh, I'm going to say a toss-up and say that we lose one. We should win. So, in my opinion, nine wins this year is a miracle. What is the final say of Nerds Day and Lochte? Miracle or easily explained? I'm, I'm going to go on the Homer side since you went negative and say I think it's pretty easily explained. I'd have to agree with easily explained. I do think we lose to LSU and Georgia and probably FSU, but I'm kind of on the optimistic side, which that's never come back to bite me before. But I could see us winning nine games next year. I think this may be a case of you fellas not taking your alpha brain. And if anyone's keeping count, that's two InfoWars references so far. Uh, I want to move on next to, and we may have to change this uh, question completely, the Gator basketball team is collapsing. The original question is the Gator basketball team gets two tourney wins, NCAA tourney wins this year, miracle or easily explained. And at this point, I'm saying that is purely a miracle. I think the last I saw, some people have us now as a sixth seed. I don't see us winning two games in the tournament. What say you gentlemen? I'd, I would say that if we can't win two of our last, I think, four games, there might be five left, I'm not sure, that we might not even be worried about the tournament. Yeah. Um, since the SEC is so loaded this year, we yeah. can't rely on the SEC tournament to, to bolster our resume. Yeah, we've got a really tough finish. I'm looking at the schedule, and we have Tennessee, Auburn, uh, who are both ranked currently, Alabama, and then Kentucky. So... Yeah, I think it's plausible we don't even make the tournament. Uh, Nerds Day, thoughts? It's a brutal, like, home stretch here for these next, what, four games. And then if we get bounced immediately out of the SEC tournament, we're looking at a very real possibility that we don't get in at all. Um, I said it in a comment in a thread 
um, on the subreddit a couple of days ago that this team, it's, they're so inconsistent and it's so crazy that like, if we do get into the tournament, I think you could easily argue to me and I would go with you that this team could make a run to the championship game and blow out every single team along the way, or we're going to lose by 30 in the first game. Yeah. The up and down uh, nature of this team is just, uh, it's driven me crazy. It's rough. Any final thoughts on this one? So you guys are saying possibly a miracle to even make the tournament at this point? Yeah, I think that could be easily argued. I don't know if I'll go that far, but I think it I think it's I think it's a miracle for the two wins question for sure. Okay, let's let's move on to our next question. Uh Antonio Callaway. Let's say he finishes the next NFL season with more passes caught than criminal charges caught. Do you think that is a miracle or easily explained? I know that he's living uh, in Atlanta, I believe, right now, apparently training hard for his future. But uh, the guy, as much as I appreciate his performances against Tennessee, uh, and I believe Ole Miss, a total head case, Miracle or easily explained, he has more passes caught next year than charges caught. I'm going to say miracle, but only because I don't think he's going to play much next season, if at all, for whatever team he gets drafted to or signed, you know, undrafted. Yeah, I'm kind of done giving Antonio Callaway the benefit of the doubt. I That's totally possible that he – that he ends up with more charges than catches. I mean, he he's done it last year, so why not go for the repeat? Yeah, and if anyone out there listening is thinking, even considering giving Antonio Callaway the benefit of the doubt, I would strongly recommend that you not. Uh, God bless him, but the guy, uh, a, a talented guy, but just has trouble making the correct decisions. Um, miracle or easily explained... The Gators reach Atlanta in or before 2020. Hmm. That's because we got to get past Georgia is the only thing, I think. And as you know, we talked a little bit about this, I think, before Lockie got on, but neither of us really thought we're going to be able to beat him in the next couple of years. Um, I don't know. That's a tough one. Yeah. As much as it pains me to say, I mean, looking at that Georgia recruiting class that they had that they just brought in. And they've got another great one set up already for 2019. I just don't see it happening. Lochte, since you mentioned 2019, how about this one? Miracle or or easily explained, the Gators beat Miami to open the 2019 season. Um, I, I wouldn't go as far as call it a miracle. Um, but I also I wouldn't be able to easily explain that. I think Miami is a program that has a lot of momentum right now. Now, they've had a lot of momentum in the past, and they kind of find ways to throw it away. Um, and, you know, Dan Mullen, will, that'll, he'll have his first full season done with. Maybe Emory Jones will have developed by then. But, yeah, if that game were played to start this year, it's definitely a Miami win. So I have a hard time predicting a victory for us to start 2019. But that's a long way out. Well, a lot of things can happen. Nerds Day, what say you? I'm going to go easily explain. I'm just going to be the overly optimistic guy on this episode. Well, someone has like, to be. Yeah. <laughs> I think, like you said, I think if it was this season, we'd be in trouble. 
you know, Mullen will have a full year of getting guys at his system, going through things. He's going to have – him and his staff are going to have a better handle on the team. The team's going to have a better handle on them and who they are. And I just – I don't think Rick is the guy to really just go out there and, like, beat big-time coaches head-to-head. And maybe I shouldn't be calling Mullen a big-time coach yet, but he's got – I think a better track record in big games than Rick does miracle or easily explained. And this is switching back over to another Florida rival when it's all said and done by the time that either Mullen or Taggart move on, one of them is fired or one of them retires. Mullen will have more head to head wins than Taggart miracle or easily explained. I would certainly say that would be easily explainable. Um, Tiger might get a head start this year. I think uh, inheriting DeAndre Francois is going to make a huge difference for our game this year. But I do have a lot more confidence in Dan Mullen in the long term, seeing what he's been able to do here in the past, and really just the thought of the the Knowles continuing to beat us for the next I don't know decade. Just can't bring myself to that. So I'm going to say easily explainable. Isn't there still some doubt as to whether Francois is going to be completely healthy this season? I feel like I've heard a podcast or, or read something that he may not be still for this season back to 100%, and I, I don't know his injury off the top of my head. I think it was an Achilles injury, and those usually take about a year to come back from. So, And it was in the opening game that he got injured. So if, if he were to miss any time it really wouldn't affect our matchup with them considering we see them the last week of the year. I think easily explained. I may maybe have a little bit of different reasoning. I, I think unless Mullen goes to the NFL and you never know, I mean, he's a spread guy, so that might just turn him off from even wanting to try it up there in the big boy games. But I think he's potentially a guy who just stays at Florida. He clearly seems super stoked to be here. Um, And if he doesn't want to go to the NFL, I don't know that there's many places that you leave here for if you're having success and they'll have you. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, recruiting is still questionable. I know Florida State finished a few notches ahead of us this year, uh, but I think as far as overall coaching ability, I would give Mullen the edge. So I think this one is easily explained. Getting off to some more kind of left field questions, Tim Tebow returns to Florida in a coaching capacity at any point in time, miracle or easily explained. I don't know what he's going to do with his free time after uh, after he's done with baseball. So I, I could see him coming back as long as Dan Mullen is still around with that relationship they have from Tebow's college days. Um, yeah, I'd say that's easily explainable. For sure. For sure. I agree. Um yeah, if if he as long as he's not doing his whole like broadcast thing, or if he wants to change a pace from that, Mullen clearly sounds like he'll have him back. So, I I think that's pretty easily explained. Do you think he gives pro wrestling a try before getting into coaching? Uh, as much as I would love that, <laughs> you know what? Uh, I think I think he does because I didn't know that was something I wanted, but now I. <laughs> If if I'm Vince McMahon, I'm giving Tebow a call. I'm saying we're calling you the Deacon, and you are now a member of uh, the WWE. Why not? Absolutely. All right. No, I'm in. I'm all in on that. 
Yeah, I think Nerds Day put it perfectly. I didn't know I needed that in my life until now. <laughs> okay, uh, a non-Florida question. Muschamp is still at South Carolina by 2020. Miracle or easily explained? I easily explained. I think, I think that's a really good fit for him. Yeah, I, I would even put money down on this one. Um, I mean, coming off, I think, the nine-win season they just had, including a bowl win over Michigan, um, Muschamp's really impressing a lot of people. And if I'm not mistaken, he's got a contract extension. And he has Jake Bentley for another – I'm looking at the roster right now. I don't know, for at least another two years. So, yeah, I mean, you got you got a veteran quarterback for the next two years, and there's no way he's he's out of there before the end of 2020. The listeners of this podcast know that I hate Jim Harbaugh, so I just want to use this opportunity to say that uh, Muschamp had a graduate assistant call plays in the bowl game against Harbaugh this year, and they still won. Uh, so with that, and also South Carolina is – black and black is very slimming it looks pretty good on will muschamp i'm gonna say easily explained and now the one million dollar question the thousand island dressing question as it were mullen wins a national title at florida miracle or easily explained i this answer is not gonna be popular I'm, i'm calling that a miracle i look at what we have in our own division and I think if I don't see us getting past Georgia anytime soon, um, I, I think we're going to be kind of the way Auburn has been the last, I don't know, six or seven years, just second fiddle to their division rival. And maybe they, they sneak their way into the playoff once or twice, but I'm not banking on it. I think Mullen's a great coach, and I think he's really going to improve the program. I just don't see us reaching the peak. I think this is um... – <clears throat> I agree with you, Lochte. I think Mullen is perhaps the best guy for right now. I, I'm, I'm just too negative, I guess, to see him winning a national title here. Yeah, um, I kind of forgot. I'm going to go with kind of like the same line of thinking Jagger question. I, and I will maybe pump a little sunshine here, but I think he does. And I think it's more from like a longevity standpoint. Um, and I guess this comes with a caveat of if he gets the – recruiting turned around to the level that it needs to be, which he seems to kind of have this, I don't know, maybe renewed energy that he maybe didn't have at Mississippi State, judging by some comments from people, you know, on like the 24-7 message boards and stuff. So I think if he does that, I think he, he sticks around long enough to kind of maybe claw his way back up to the upper echelon of the SEC and um, have like a really nice run one year and get one. Yeah, I am a big fan of the duly noted Pat Dooley's podcast, and he has mentioned how um, the Dan Mullen who was here as an offensive coordinator is quite different than the Dan Mullen who is here now uh, as head coach, how going to Mississippi State was an excellent training opportunity uh, for Dan Mullen. So kind of giving credence to what you just said there, Nerds Day, um, I still, though, I, I don't know if he brings a title. I'm, I'm going to say a miracle on that one. As we wrap up here, and I know uh, it looks like the baseball team just finished a game against FAU 6-1. to one. Uh, They seem to be, you all know I'm not a huge follower of baseball. I think Nerds Day, you follow it a bit more closely than I do. 
but the baseball team seems to be off to a pretty good start. Uh, any thoughts, any comments on that? Yeah, it's, you know, what, we're three games in now, four games in, one series down against Siena and a game against FAU. Um, I don't think, I don't, yeah, I maybe follow it a little bit more than you do. I don't, Lockie, do you, do you follow it at all? Uh, not really. I do plan on going to a game here pretty soon, but I I don't follow it very closely now. Yeah, like I was telling um, envelopes here before we started recording. Like I watched it, watched the team super passively last season until they got into the tournament and watched like more actively. But I'm gonna try and watch the games as actively as I can this season. And I'm not like a big baseball guy. Like Gators baseball is like the only baseball I'll watch. But the team seems really fun this year. I, I, I think they're going to have a little bit more offense than they did last year, where we kind of sat back and relied on our pitching a little bit more to kind of get us through some slumping uh, sections of the season. But the young guys are really good. We all know that you know we brought in the top-ranked class. I think we're going to put, put some runs down this year that we didn't, and the pitching is still might even be better weekend rotation than we had last year. So I think it's going to be a really fun team to watch, um, even if you're not really like a baseball guy. Because, again, I'm not a baseball guy, and I, I'm finding the games enjoyable to, like, sit down and watch. Yeah, I'm going to – you all know from last week I'm not a huge baseball guy, but I'm going to try my best to, to follow uh, baseball and softball a bit more closely. And while I'm thinking of it, there is a – just to give a shout-out to uh, the women's sports for the Gators, softball is off to an 8-1 and one start. And I want to say that they had a really successful season last year. There is a two-sport athlete uh, at UF. I believe she plays softball and soccer. I just discovered her on Instagram, and she just seems like an incredible athlete. Does anyone, Lochte, do you know, do you know who I'm talking about? Her name escapes me. I have no idea. Sorry. I will I will know by the time we record next time. I want I know she plays softball. I want to say that her other sport is soccer. Uh but she just seems like an incredibly talented uh athlete. So a shout out to the softball team with their 8 and 1 start and again this uh young lady who is just knocking it out of the park and I guess knocking it through the net. I think for soccer as well. Um as we wrap up here is there anything you guys want to cover that we have not discussed? I think that's uh, I think we hit everything that we talked about earlier. Lochte? Yeah, I, I can't. I can't think of anything else. I think we're good to go. Well, I want to thank you guys so much for joining me. Uh, it's always a huge pleasure to have both of you guys on the show. Um, and a big thanks to all the listeners and commenters and downloaders. Um, thanks once again. I can't say enough how much I appreciate it. And go Gators! Thanks for having me. Go Gators.